0: Since being on ADHD medication, this is, and this is totally my personal experience. This is not me citing sources or studies or anything like that. My sort of free form creativity, my brain just wandering and going places and having all these thoughts and all that stuff is less. It just is. I am not as funny when I'm on medication by way of example. I'm still funny, but I'm not as funny. And I just don't have as many ideas. I just don't. But The ideas that I do have, I execute on them. And that is more valuable than all the ideas in the world. If I have 100 ideas a day and I do nothing with them, they're useless. If I have 50 ideas a day and I execute on 25 of them, that's amazing. Or even if I execute on two of them, it's still amazing. It's still two more than I would have had otherwise. Because before I had all these ideas and didn't do anything with them. So I would, I would rather be a creator than be creative.
1: ADHD Rewired episode 287. This is the podcast for those of us with really good intentions and a slightly wandering attention. I'm Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker by training and a coach by design. I'm your host and I have ADHD. ADHD Rewired is a more than just a podcast. We are a community. We are wired for connection and you are not alone. Go to ADHDRewired.com to learn how you can join us in our free secret Facebook group. Get additional resources for every episode, including links to any resources we- we mention on today's show. You can support us on Patreon, sign up for our email newsletter, you can request podcast postcards to distribute to your clients and support groups, and you can learn all about our intensive online video-based coaching and accountability groups. You can do all of this at our website, ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. If you're catching this on the day it came out, and it's before 10.30 a.m. Pacific, that's 11.30 Mountain, 12.30 Central, one thirty Eastern, join me and Brendan Mahan and... Jessica McCabe from How to ADHD for an hour of live QA. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash events to register. If you go to register and it's full, check out the ADHD Rewired Facebook page. We'll be streaming it live. Join us every second Tuesday of the month, same time, same place. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash events to register. We'll see you there. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. We have our monthly live Q and A today. I'm here with Brendan. Hey, Brendan, how are you doing? Excellent. How are you? I'm doing well. If you are uh, not familiar with who Brendan is, you might be new to the podcast. Brendan uh, hosts our our I guess we can call our sister podcast on the ADHD Rewired podcast and network called ADHD Essentials, Uh, all for parents and teachers and educators who uh, are they're trying to influence and support the young minds of those of us with ADHD. And when all that doesn't work, then you're here with me when you guys grew up to be adults. So we have, uh, we have Alex who is here, who's going to be asking, uh, our, his first question or our first question on the podcast. And, uh, Alex, why don't you just, uh, start it off for us. What is the question that we can help you with?
2: All right. Thanks, Eric. Uh, former arc 12 here. Just want everybody to know that, uh, uh, Russell Barkley was on recently with you, and he was talking about. Um, I believe it was Chad is uh, attempting to present ADHD at the federal level as a global health concern or national health concern. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if there's any progress on it on that, and if you didn't know that, what your thoughts on that were, and um, how people can go about maybe helping that effort.
1: Mm. So, um, you know, as of the, I haven't seen any updates in the last two months. Um, but I do know that there's, there's our initiatives, I think, through the, uh, um, NIH. Um, and cause, you know, cause it really is, you know, through, uh, as when I had Barclay on, um, a couple months ago, you talked about the, the studies that were showing that the, the impact on, uh, life expectancy. And so it really is a, a health, Concern. And if you're really looking at, you know, we look at all of our, our top uh, health concerns that we are looking at in our country, smoking, obesity, uh, lack of exercise, like that we put a lot of money into um, ADHD surpasses all of those uh, as far as, you know, the, the challenges that come along with it. Um, so as far as like what people can do to sort of help in that cause, um, get active in your local chat groups if you don't have a local chat group possibly start one share the podcast contact Uh,
0: your congressman Contact your reps
1: yes 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 that's That's, loud and encouraged and encouraged Uh. um contact bernie sanders um who uh, has recently i think um spoke in an uninformed way um about um kids being over medicated and around. Uh, and so I, I think that he is someone who uh, with shown, shown science-based information will uh, will changes what, what he said about that. Um, but yeah, so, you know, as far as what do I think about it personally um, as a, as a professional, as a person with ADHD um, as an advocate, um, you know, I, I think that it's a public health issue, you know, it's, Cause it is, um, you know, I think that, that one of the big challenges is in, in, um, at the education of doctors and, and, uh, psychologists and therapists, because there are still, um, I still hear from, from, uh, students who are in advanced training programs who are told by their professors that ADHD is BS. Like this still happens. Yeah. What? Right. And really? so you think about the ripple effect that Ugh. that has. Right. And it's uh, yeah. I mean, if that, if you hear that and it, and it, you know, if it doesn't piss you off, maybe you tuned out for a minute. Right. Cause oh. it's, cause it, it oh. that should piss you off. Cause it pisses me off. Right. Cause it's the ADHD is such a treatable disorder. Right? Like, we don't have to be on the struggle bus for freaking ever, right? And how many people go years and years and years without, uh, proper, uh, a proper diagnosis and management of ADHD, um, because their doctors just don't get it. You know, so there's, um, it's a problem. It's a problem. And it's there's a multi-pronged approach to it. And it's sort of a an all of the above approach of what do we need to do? Um, so where, whatever your circle of influence is, I would identify what, what that is and then focus on doing that one thing.
0: Yeah. Thank and, you. And even in the health concerns you mentioned as examples, right? Smoking, obesity. ADHD plays a role in those right. too, right? Like ADHD and addiction go hand in hand. So... There's a health concern that is also informed and affected by ADHD. so too, obesity, right folks with ADHD are more likely to pick the less healthy option because the less healthy option has more dopamine in it most of the time it's got sugar, it's got fat, it's got stuff that makes us feel good, um, but it's not the best choice. so yeah it's, a, it's yeah, it's a public health concern and it's contributing to other public health concerns yeah. And don't be afraid to contact your congressman, your state rep, like start at the state rep level. You'd be surprised how responsive state reps are. I know I've contacted a couple of mine now and had immediate responses within a day or two and up to and including going to their office in the in in Boston, the state capitol.
1: Yeah. I mean, right now they are on um, they're on summer recess and uh, which means they're actually working locally. Right, right.
0: To get there, right? Search on Facebook, find your state reps, then follow them, friend them, whatever sort of mechanism on social media they have. On Facebook, you'll get a little badge that says that you're their constituent. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and if you follow them on Facebook, they'll post things like when they're having office hours in town. It might be in their office in town. It might be at a coffee shop. That's it could be tip. in all kinds of random places. And then you can go and find them Assuming that your schedule allows, but that's an option. Yeah.
1: All right, awesome.
0: Well, thank you, thank you, Eric and Brendan. Appreciate okay.
1: it. Awesome. All right, let's uh, let's go to our next uh, next question. Let me change you to an attendee here, and uh, let's go to ch- 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 Anjan. Let's go, Anjan. What is your question? And am I saying your name correct?
3: Uh, yeah, my name my name is Anjan.
1: Anjan. Um, okay engine I'll, I'll probably forget that pronunciation in about four seconds so i apologize but i'm trying so
3: <laughs> i think some german guy was like uh ungen like dungeon so if you if you
1: want <laughs> like, i will remember that um all right so ungen what is your question
3: um i don't know i've every phone i have every laptop i have i find that i just load it up with tabs um, even if it's like doing a research project and it and makes sense that it'll involve a lot of tabs, or if it's not, it's just like answering a couple of emails or doing paying a couple bills. I just accumulate a bunch of tabs, and you know, day one it's ten, then twenty, and then by the end of it, on my phone, I literally have so many tabs it doesn't say eighty two tabs anymore. It literally just has a smiley face. Um, <laughs> and so I was just trying to think about like why this is the case, <clears throat> and so I kind of wanted to ask you guys, is this something that's consistent with ADHD? Do a lot of people struggle with this? Um, and if you kind of had any sense or knowledge of why that's the case, because maybe that knowledge could help. My working theory is it's probably a working memory thing. Um, if I was to go to each thing and then go back and go to the next, like I, like I wouldn't remember why I went to this website or like where I am or where I'm doing the research so if I open everything up as a tab, I can just kind of like hit it all off as a list. But of course, each thing then leads to eight more tabs. So it's like a Hydra. Um, so and I, was, I was thinking if you had any tools you would recommend, browser extensions, um, I don't know, Chrome something, something um if you had that type of stuff as well. Yeah,
1: so uh um uh, Cassie just put in the chat uh Toby. Um I believe that you can use that to save um like you can save sessions and organize them based on certain projects. Um I was you know just to I was looking real at real quick. Yeah.
0: Real quick. Open up a tab for Toby. Toby. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's look because I was about to do that, and I was like, Wait, that runs counter to what we're doing, but it's also a way to solve what we're doing ah. <laughs> better better than bookmarks uh-huh,
3: interesting.
1: you know because b- here's the thing with bookmarks bookmarks are in our intentions bookmarks are hey i'm gonna I intend on going back to to looking at this right I think bookmarks are useful for things that you access on a regular basis, right um, for everything else like if you're going to create a bookmark thing of things you're going to go through later, then having a um, sort of part of your planning process, you could have a checklist that says, all right, review my bookmarks. Like when? Am, like when is later? Right. Because if you say, I'm going to look at this later, like later is not on my calendar. It's not on your calendar. Like Thursday at five o'clock is on my calendar. Right. So if like, I want to look at this later, it's to decide when when later is.
0: And also I because I have this problem, too. I completely have. Times And I've got way too many tabs open, especially on my phone. Cause it's just trickier for me to navigate it. Navigating my phone is more of a pain in the neck than navigating my desktop. And so I periodically just go through and close stuff that doesn't matter anymore. And, and I have to be kind of honest with myself, right? Like I have to be like, this tab has been open for three days and I haven't looked at it. So although looking at it now, I still feel that same drive of like, I should read that because the idea of reading that makes me feel smart or important or like a cool kid or whatever i'm not going to read it because it's not a priority if it was a priority i would have read it by now and i just closed that out and i let go of it
1: so i'm going to ask uh, for everyone who's uh, here on on zoom just to put in the the chat how many tabs you have open uh robert put it he has 264 tabs uh open um I think that I was just looking at my uh, uh, Safari, which is the browser I use on my phone. Um, it doesn't give me a number, but I would say there's probably about fifty. Um, five, three. This is impressive. Um, oh wait, three windows with thirty tabs each minimum. That's that's marisol. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's such a common thing, and I think it's. I think the reason we've always opened tabs is the same reason that we have piles. Because we are deferring and delaying making decisions. Oh. Right. So, uh, we have 54 tabs, 28 tabs. Um, so if we look, if we're like, all right, I'm going to come back to this later, like really think about what, why is this tab open? What am I wanting to do with this? And then make a decision based on that. Um, if you use a, an electronic calendar and you're trying to, to come back to certain things, you can schedule time into it and actually just drop the link. Of what you want to come back to in your calendar event so then you don't need to keep the uh the, the calendar or the, the tabs open wait um john you said you have 837 tabs that's <laughs> i think that might be a a uh i don't know is that a world record i'm not sure it's if not it might be close to one
0: 117 on my phone <laughs>
1: So uh, I, I've often joked that I almost think that this is a should be a diagnostic question for ADHD. Um, you know, do you have at least 30 tabs open with at least two different like browsers? <laughs> so, yeah, n- not alone. And I think that when we understand what, why we do this, it can help us sort of identify um, what the what the solutions uh, around this are. So is that helpful for you?
0: Could, could, I, could I ask
3: a follow up question you to your um, idea of the calendar? I, I've tried to do things like that before. Um, and what I what I did is I kind of like, it takes so much effort to do it. I just kind of like throw it in the calendar. And then what, when I get to that part, I'm like, oh, but I'm in the middle of something. This calendar thing is like, it, like it's interrupting me. I'm just going to like snooze it or just like push it to like some random time tonight.
1: One of the things that I was sharing with my coaching groups yesterday um was this idea of, you know, we create these reminders on our phone that, that, you know, that notify us or on our computer that that notify us. And often we are in the middle of doing something and we're like, I can't deal with that right now. Right. So I, one of the things that I suggest is instead of putting specific reminders about a specific task to actually have your reminder, just remind you to look at your calendar and your to-do list. Cause then you can see the big picture of what your priorities and your goals are for, for the day. Right. Um, I'm a big believer in time blocking on our, on your calendar, but I'm also a big believer that your, your calendar is not a contract and you can move shit around. Right. Like, so if I know a certain task will take me a couple hours, like I'll maybe try to put it at my first available time, but if I don't get to it, then I just move it. Right. Then you have to ask yourself, all right, I've now moved this thing nine times. What's actually going on here?
0: Right. And also use your calendar as a guide for when you schedule stuff. Right. Like if I know that at 530, like my calendar, for example, 530 is going to say it's open because I typically don't have stuff at that time because that's like dinner time. It's helping the kids with homework time. It's that sort of a thing. So if that time is open, I know that's a bad choice because I'm not going to do it then. But if I have a gap at say 1130 in the morning, that's a much better time where I'm more likely to actually do the thing. So pay attention to where you're putting stuff in and whether or not there's stuff that's not on the calendar that might get in the way and cause you're not doing um, like, I don't, I don't book stuff at five thirty. I don't have that written off as like dinner and homework time or whatever, because I want to keep it open in case something significant happens, like a client or, in a, with an emergency session or a podcast interview, those two things I'm willing to lose that time on. So, so, but I, have, so on. I
1: have to ask what, what, what that reminder just ha- remind you to do that. We just heard, did you get a notification or oh, something? Oh,
3: you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really funny that, that, oh, let me see. I just, I, <laughs> without even thinking, I just swiped them away. <laughs>
1: I think we get this, this um, notification saturation uh, yeah. where it's just, we just start ignoring them. And at that point, I think it's really time to revisit uh, your, your notifications. Even sometimes just like changing the sound can be very helpful. Um, mm. So I, so I hope that that, uh, those, awesome. those ideas were, were helpful for you.
0: And, and one last thing also just every now and then go out and clear five tabs, like go back as, to the earliest one. Cause your phone scroll all the way to the top. And just start knocking out, go down until you get to one you're comfortable getting rid of, or, or maybe not comfortable, but it's not like I have to remember that one and just get rid of five or 10 or whatever. Yeah. And then, at least then you're not adding too many more. Cause if you add six, you really only added one.
1: All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back from the break, we have a question uh, from Sam regarding, uh, do stimulants affect creativity in the long run? Uh, So we will get to that right after the break. We will be right back. Did you miss our fall coaching kickoff event for ADHD Rewired's 18th season of online video based coaching and accountability groups? You still have another chance. We have one more scheduled for Friday, September 13th at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Registration is by invitation only. To get your invitation, go to coachingrewired.com and click the big yellow button. Tell me who you are and where I should send it and then confirm your email. Once you do that, your invitation will be on its way. Fall sessions begin October 4th. That's less than a month away. Don't get stuck on the wait list. Go to coachingrewired.com and click the big yellow button. Yellow button. And if you happen to be brand new to the podcast and you've been thinking about getting a coach, if you thrive off community and you are ready for something that's kind of intense. ADHD Rewired Coaching might be just what you are looking for. We meet three days a week for 10, sometimes 11 weeks. You get an accountability team, and at the end of the group, you can get ongoing support with weekly coaching sessions, daily adult study halls, webinars, and more by joining our alumni coaching program. This program is being recognized this year at the International Conference on ADHD as an Innovative Program of the Year. We've had over 550 adults with ADHD go through our program, And here are just a few of them and what they had to say on their last day. I've
4: gotten more done in the last 10 weeks than I had done in the previous three or four years. Every week has been something that has been mind-blowing and life-changing. Before this group, I was busy but not efficient. I feel like I've found so much more time in my day. Now, I have a plan. I have tools now that actually work for me.
2: I am not neurotypical. I'm not like everyone else.
4: I didn't realize that I was in some level of denial. Before this group, I thought I had to do everything. I discovered that by slowing down, getting organized, I can create beauty in my life instead of the chaos. And I learned that it's really good to say no to stuff. After doing this group, I don't feel like I'm a failure anymore. I can see myself and all of you, and we're all beautiful works in progress. I can't believe what a community we have. To find so many like-minded people who understand this, struggle and are on their own journeys to work through it has been so different from anything I've had before. It's a bunch of people being like, I feel you. I've been there. This is what I found that works. And just having it come from people who feel like it's coming from yourself allows you to find your own answers within yourself that you didn't know you had.
1: Connection and support are everything. There's nothing like having a group of people where it's safe to talk about your struggles to share the things that are hardest to not be judged for those things and to actually be embraced and helped for that.
4: I've been watching this group for a year. It's the best decision I've ever made. If you're thinking about joining this group, do it. It will be life-changing.
1: Join us this Friday the 13th at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 Eastern for our last scheduled registration event. And the only thing scary about Friday the 13th is getting stuck on the wait list or missing it all together. Registration is by invitation only. To get your invitation to our group registration event, go to coachingrewired.com and click the big yellow button. That's coachingrewired.com. We are back, we have uh, Sam who has a question about stimulants and affecting creativity in the long run. Hi, Sam. Hello. How are you?
2: Good, thanks, how are you guys?
1: Doing good, so uh, your question about creativity and stimulants, Uh, give us some, maybe some context to your question.
2: Yeah, here's the case, like um, a year ago, I was recognized to have ADHD. But I did some research at the time, probably not from experts, but some blogs that maybe were just warning high school kids from using a stimulants, and they were suggesting that stimulants are like uh, will affect your creativity if you use them in a the long run, and the creativity is the most valuable feature of my brain. I have a high IQ. I'm considered smart, but I don't care about them. The creativity is what my friends, classmates, families know me for. And by creativity, I mean my ability to come with the solutions that do not exist. It can be a fix for home. It can be an idea for an app that my friend wants to develop that's the most valuable thing for me and that's probably the reason that even though i need some stimulant i was resisting that right now i'm taking atomoxetine which is a non-stimulant medicine but i feel it does nothing it absolutely does nothing to me my psychiatrist said okay maybe it's time for a stimulant but i wanted to make sure if it affects or if it does not affect creativity in long run.
1: So you have not tried the stimulant yet, is that correct? No, okay. I have not. Okay. So a uh, couple of things that I want to say about you know when we when you hear about a um, an effect of a medication, understand that each individual is going to respond differently to medications, Yeah, absolutely. Right. So with. Um, With stimulant medications, one of the great things about stimulant medications is that, you know, unlike an SSRI for treating depression, um where it takes four to six weeks to we may feel that that, and notice the difference, with stimulants you'd know pretty quickly, right? Um where but so you you have to sort of just be your own judge of that. Um the you know, there hasn't been a ton of real good research on this particular topic. And I know it's it's um it's kind of a, I don't want to say a controversial topic, but it's there are people who have strong opinions on it, but I think that's all we really have. My here's sort of my uh perspective on creativity and, and stimulus. I've been on stimulants for um about 20 years now, right? I am a creative person, I am uh, a musician. And, you know, at there may have been a slight dip in what I refer to as the creative feeling that moved me into to doing something. But there's a difference between a creative feeling and being creative, right? People who are, who are riding the wave of the creative feeling, I think it's like the same people who like do something or don't do something when they feel like doing it right and like whatever you are doing in life a like part of of success in life requires you to sometimes do things that you don't necessarily feel like doing right so when you know i i've wrote a lot of songs uh when i was when i was younger um most of which i never finished um and and i think that part of, of that was like I didn't really understand the impact of ADHD on the creative process. And so maybe I was more inclined to sit down at the piano when I wasn't medicated. But I'll tell you, when I'm medicated on the front of the piano, I can actually work through a song. Right. So maybe I'm not sitting down with that like creative like energy going into it. But once I start it, that creative energy does come. Right. So I don't think that that the stimulants make us less creative. It may it may tap into a different sort of area of the brain that will require some more strategies to get started, but we know that starting may be the, the hardest part. Right. Um so Brendan, what what are your thoughts on this?
0: I think I'm heading in the same direction you're headed, and, and, and maybe just saying it differently. But um since being on ADHD medication, this is, and this is totally my personal experience. This is not me citing sources or studies or anything like that. Um, my drive drive is not the right word. My sort of freeform creativity, my brain just wandering and going places and having all these thoughts and all that stuff is less. It just is. I am not as funny when I'm on medication by way of example, I'm still funny, but I'm not as funny. And, um, and I just don't have as many ideas. I just don't. But the ideas that I do have, I execute on them. Yeah. And that is more valuable than all the ideas in the world. If I have a hundred ideas a day and I do nothing with them, they're useless. If I have 50 ideas a day and I execute on 25 of them, that's amazing. Or even if I execute on two of them, it's still amazing. It's still two more than I would have had otherwise. Because before I had all these ideas and didn't do anything with them. So I would I would rather be a creator than be creative.
1: Hmm. I like that distinction.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So I hope that was helpful uh, uh, for you, Sam. You know, it's again with medication, you gotta just you you, you start with all right. What does group study say? Right. And then you try it for yourself and see, like, how does it work for you? Yeah, absolutely.
2: So is it like a right conclusion based on your perspectives like that? Maybe the number of your random ideas decrease, but when you absolutely focus on solving a problem, then you still be able to come up with the solution and then take action on it.
1: It, again, I think it's, it's, it's so situational and, and just depends on the, the person, on the circumstance, on the, you know, I've I worked with people who will say like they need to, if they have a big creative project they're working on, they need to take their medication to get started, but then they sort of don't take it f- to cover them for the full day. So they, once they're engrossed, like they're good there are people who are just the opposite. They need to take a t- to finish something. Right. Um, yeah. cause having a bunch of really brilliant ideas, but not doing anything with them, or not finishing them. Right. Like what help is that? Completely
2: agree. Right. right. Completely. May I ask a following question on that? Yep. Go for it. Yeah. So the reason like, uh, uh like, uh, I was able to cope with many of the problems with ADHD. I'm able to uh, plan, uh, commit, study more than 10 hours a day. The two things that I was not able to find a non-medical solution for them is one, my slowness. Like I study for four hours, which is equivalent of my friend study for half an hour or an hour. I'm painfully slow, the, and the other thing is, my working memory is like, it sucks absolutely. I just don't know how to explain it. You give me a short, very deep heart problem, I'm able to handle it, solve it for you. But if you give me a problem, that is probably 10 of explanation, has many data, my mind just can't handle so many data even if it's just easy problem.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think that l- knowing how like our, we process information is important. Um, you know, if this is something that uh, you're, you find that you're struggling with, um, you know, it may, it may be worthwhile to pursue a neurocognitive um, evaluation, just so you understand like what, where, your strengths and challenges are. Um you know, as, you know, as, has recently said on my podcast uh that like that we don't need neurocognitive uh evaluations for diagnostic purposes. But it's all you know, I I found it helpful to to see like, oh, this makes sense why I can do certain things. And this also makes sense why I struggle profoundly with other areas, uh, because of just the way my, my brain works, right? Um yeah so you know in terms of
2: solutions mm -hmm. is there any exercise to improve it or any book resource that i can start like as a beginning point so i can dig up more i got you
1: yeah go for
0: it um um, i i feel like i mentioned this kind of an idea like the past three or four q a's index cards i just keep going back to index cards Mm -hmm. assuming that i'm understanding what you're looking at correctly if you have a really complicated thing to understand and you can take notes on index cards for different sort of pieces of that larger concept. Mm-hmm. Now you have stuff you can manipulate. It, it's, it's a lot like the idea of sort of the um, Eric helped me out. Mind mapping. Um,
1: Glad I could be of help.
0: Yeah. You're <laughs> it's like, you're a psychic <laughs> um, from Chicago. Even that was like a time zone away. Um, but, but it's like mind mapping only it's, tactile you're actually Mm -hmm. touching the index cards and moving them around and i'm not saying stack them i'm saying get a big empty floor or a big empty table and put these index cards down so you can look down at them and see them and start Mm -hmm. moving things around and and those sorts of those sorts of strategies so you can figure out what connects to what and what goes away and how do i want to organize these ideas in my head and you don't have to remember the ideas because they're on the index cards But as you play with them, they will get firmed up in your memory better. Maybe not perfectly, but better. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: All right. Thank you so much for your questions. Let's uh, let's find another question.
0: Juliet's at the top.
1: All right. Juliet's. Juliet's going to go live. Hey, Juliet. Hey, how you doing? Doing all right. How are you?
4: Yeah, good. good.
1: All right. So what is your question?
4: Um it was really specific, specific to um last night my son has ADHD as well and he came home two days before with a project that he'd been given 3 weeks before the school holidays um so he said it for about a month and it was just to do a, f- like a picture of us he had to make a, a flag for his class like it wasn't anything great but it it's just an ongoing issue of um I don't have time to chase him up for every little piece of homework. Um, and he's in a mainstream class at a, at a small Catholic school now. So it's 33 kids in a class and he gets some support,
1: mm-hmm.
4: but I'm trying to balance out. He's probably too young for a diary to to write down his work No, boy. not at really. how old they say he was. He's he, nine. He's just nine. So he's in the third grade, yeah. No, he's
1: not too young. for t- This is a skill that he can start developing now. Um, okay. And you just I, don't
0: expect perfection.
1: Right. And, and I think, too, this is also a really good opportunity for you to model, um, you know, uh, and sort of show them how you do it. Because, you know, I mean, I remember being a kid and they're like, well, use a, um, you know, use, use a planner. I know that some overseas they call it a diary. <laughs> um, so use, 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 use a planner and And I'm like, Great. Do I put it on the day it was assigned? Do I put it on the day it's due? Like I I don't I don't know how to use this thing. Right? Like it wasn't until college until I actually learned how to use a planner like a effectively right like so some of it just needs to be sort of spelled out and explained um the other thing that i would encourage you to do is to be in in regular regular communication with the teachers um so i don't know i know that you are in australia i don't know what kind of uh, like uh, educational supports uh the half form you said is in a mainstream classroom but even just like having the teacher send you an email about any projects that are, that are given to help sort of scaffold this planning process. Cause it is something that mm-hmm. is going to need support.
4: Yeah.
0: And, okay. and also um, the it, emotions beat academics for mom and for, for the son. And so if your kid gets resistant around doing homework and there's an emotional response, recognize that that's there recognize that that's affecting your emotional state as well. Mm-hmm. Um come up with strategies to navigate that, which might mean that you systematize homework and it always happens at 4 30 and he eventually he knows that's what's coming and he's able to adapt to it and he's fine. It mm-hmm. might also mean that you're talking to him in advance and sort of being like, hey, don't forget, we gotta do homework. And that helps him yeah. process that and begin the transition to homework. It varies kid to kid. But recognize yeah. that, that component exists and also. A nine-year-old's homework doesn't take that long in the real world, right? It's it's maybe a half an hour. Mm-hmm. And as parents, we have a half an hour. We can find a half an hour.
1: Well, that, that's a half an hour of on-task time and three hours right. of distracted time and complaining that's time, going and, whining to the- time <laughs> and going on the floor complaining about a time.
0: That's where I'm going next, yeah. What we don't yeah. have is the three hours of the emotional upheaval part. Um, yeah. Okay. and also the bandwidth and energy for that emotional people
4: and and i guess the backups that would be comparing whether he's had uh, long-acting medication so if he's had like by events in the morning or whether he's on a short-acting mm-hmm. amphetamine, so that kind of um, will affect his yeah okay. capacity as well Yeah, I yeah
1: you know what i there is a uh, a thing that i used to do when i worked with kids um where we would, I would take blocks that are of all equal proportion. Um, uh, and the, these blocks would be, would represent time. And I'd say, okay, so here's your homework time, right? And it maybe make it two hours, right? So here's the, the setup time, the homework time, the cleanup time, and your complaining time. Okay. Like <laughs> right now it looks like you're spending about two hours of three of your two and a half hours, uh, uh, complaining can you guess of a way you can make your homework take a lot shorter? Right. And it's just like when you label that particular block that re- it's representing time and they're like, Oh, like I can make homework, you know, cause, he, cause I would tell kids that complaining about homework when you're supposed to be doing homework is doing homework, but not getting any of it done. Mm hmm right so when you try to break it down but don't try to present that when they're like refusing in the in the midst of like i don't want to do it right Right. that's and this might even be something that a parent can't bring up
0: because there's an extra level of emotional charge it depends on the kid. some parents their kids can navigate it and other parents that there's going to be guilt and shame wrapped up in it just because of who's presenting the idea a coach or a counselor presents the idea. And it's like, that's a brilliant strategy and a really great problem solving technique. I love this mom or dad brings it up and it's like, ah!
1: absolutely. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this, and I'm sure that Brandon can say, tell you the same thing that there are lots of things I've, I've worked with, with kids when I used to work with, uh, with kids on um, that I cannot teach my son. Like it, it's just like, i you know, I've tried like, I just, I just know better now. Like we have to, we have to teach him how to swallow a pill. Like, and so I am in contact with a speech therapist because like, could I teach a child to swallow a pill? I know I can. Can I teach my son? Nope. Not going to happen. Yeah. Right. And there's no shame in that. It's, you know, so really, you know, uh, and I, I know that Brendan has talked about this before, the importance of the relationship, right? Cause you know, you and your son are not going to remember um, what that homework assignment was that you were fighting about in the third grade? What you guys will both remember of how it felt growing up as a kid for your, for your son and how it was raising him, and that is what really matters. Mm-hmm. So I hope that that was helpful, Juliet. Let's go to a um, another question here. Uh, let's see, we got. Darla, she didn't say if she can go live, but uh, Darla's question is what strategies are helpful for disorganization of home, car, etc. for ADHD, inattentive type? Um, <laughs> it's an easy it's question. It's
0: like, sort of, <laughs> it's like sweeping a floor, right? This is the thing I like to think about. If I, if, the, if there's stuff all over the kitchen floor and it's just a pit. And like i have to kick my way through the kitchen then i clean all that up that doesn't mean that i never have to clean the kitchen floor again but i kind of almost want that to be what it means sort of like i kind of just want well, i cleaned it it's done but that's a job that's never done right like you have to sweep it every day every other day once a week whatever your mileage may vary right and a home a car it's all the same stuff like the job is never really done it's Done when you decide you finish with it, but then you have to do it again because otherwise that clutter and that mess starts again. So car specifically, I got my car detailed. I paid somebody to do it, but I didn't pay them all the time. I paid them once and me paying them meant that I cleared most of the horrible junk out because I didn't want to like totally embarrass myself at the car dealing detailing place. And then they spruced it up. And now I'm like, I want to keep this clean. So I'm making an effort to do the small steps every day or every time I drive to get the trash and junk out of the car. And that is maintaining the cleanliness of my car. And you can do the same thing with your house. You can hire a house cleaner and then they clean it. And you can do it as a one shot as like a like a boost, like a kickstart for you. Or you can do it. They can come in once a week, once a month, whatever to make sense. But if you've got the money to outsource it, completely outsource it. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think I think outsourcing when possible, when feasible, is a great you know great way to go about doing stuff. Right. I know. know not- I know a lot of people who they don't want to outsource it not because of lack of of financial resources because they, the story they're telling themselves is "Oh, I should be able to do this myself. And to those people, I say, quit shooting on yourself, right? Like you got bigger fish to fry. If there is somebody who this is their thing, right? Support the economy, support that person, let them do let, let them help you out. It's an accommodation for, for ADHD. Um, you know, with organization and, uh, we if we are going to wait until we feel like cleaning, I know that we get that that, you know, that feeling every once in a blue moon. Um, right. But if we do it that way, like we're going to constantly have messes all around us. Right. Mm-hmm. So we have to acknowledge that that we can't let um, how we feel about organizing be the, the the spark that actually helps us take action. Right. It's one of these what I refer to as an important task. It's boring, but it's important right? And so if you watch people, um, these, these, uh, neurotypical people, um, who have, you know, seem to not have messes is because they have identified that all the stuff that they do in their life has three parts. They set it up, they do it, and then they clean it up. And that third part is part of the task. And for a lot of us, myself included, I sometimes don't make time for that third part. Right.
0: (laughs) Hold on. Cause that implies you make time for the first part. And I am genuinely amazed and impressed (laughs) because I don't even do that. I just want to do it. I don't like, that's why I find out when I'm making pancakes that I have to go buy eggs midway through.
1: (laughs) So you should make a, uh, a checklist then on a, you know, how many times you have to do that? You know, so seriously, and it's looking at when people talk about getting organized, like here's one, here's a framework that I sort of think of getting organized is a helpful um, sort of framework. If you are the manager of a museum and you are setting stuff up, and then it just stays there and you just look at it and you don't touch it. Right. But since we don't, our lives aren't museums, right? We are, Interacting with everything and, you know, opening every cabinet and like using every, every dish. And you're like, wait, how did the just happen? Right. Even though it was just you that created it. We have to look at it as a process and really look at, at what are the things in your process that you can do? I know one of the things that I try to do is when I put something down and I'm like, I'll come back to this later. I, I refer to that as one of my red flag thoughts. And so when I, when I notice right, I'll come back to that later. I will stop in my tracks and I will go and I'll put that thing away 50% of the time. And when I, when I, when I do that, right. I'm like, well, that was super easy. Right. And when I don't, and then it's like, when you have one thing on the counter, one thing things leads to four things. And they're like, wait, I thought I had a counter here. Where the hell is everything? <laughs> right. And so it's a lot of it is about de- developing habits. Like, you know, I don't know if you've seen, seen the, uh, Marie Kondo, uh, Netflix thing. Like, I don't know. I, that, like, wouldn't it be wonderful if organizing like that brought you that much joy? Like, I don't get it. Like, I, you know, I get the idea of does it bring you joy, keep it or not. But it's a process and it's not just a skill to develop. It's a, it's thoughts that you have to, to, re- it's a thinking pattern that you have to, to really, create and form and mold. And, uh, cause it's not just about the skills. It's so much of this is how do you get to do your, do the stuff that you just don't like doing. And that's, you know, that's what adulting is a lot of the time. You know, it's how yeah. do you, how do you do the stuff you don't like doing?
0: And I find that I'm more successful with particularly the tidying up part of life when I'm doing something that allows my brain to fidget while my hands do the work which is often listening to music or maybe there's a podcast that you dig or two about ADHD. I don't know. And have that on while you're tidying up. And it can even become a thing that you schedule. Like I listen to ADHD Rewired. I listen to ADHD Essentials every Tuesday and Thursday at 530. And while I listen to those podcasts, I also happen to sweep the kitchen or fold laundry or clear the countertops or whatever the case may be.
1: Yeah so I think it's it's also like you know and when messes go unchecked for a while that can be so overwhelming where it's like you don't even know where to start and you'll do the 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 ADD shuffle where it's just like you're just kind of pacing in a room and you're like you have an item you're like what do I do with this and then you're walking around the room for a while with this item not sure what to do so then you like you'll put it down somewhere else to pick up another item and kind of rinse and repeat and it, like if you were to be able to observe yourself doing this be like what is going on with this person uh then you'd help and you can take somebody else's ADHD and it's not their stuff and they could help you because it's not their stuff, right? So having an accountability buddy where you can kind of uh, get support and just tell someone, "I don't know where to start," and they can look at it because they have no emotional attachment to any of your stuff, and they could see what what needs to happen, right? I can easily help somebody organize their space. I am not the most organized person in my space, right? It's so it's our stuff is different. It just it sits differently. Mm-hmm. Um, one strategy that I find to be helpful when if you have a big space uh, or just a room that has a lot of stuff in it, take a picture of it. Your brain's going to process that information differently than it will when you're actually seeing it in 3D. Then you could take uh, your, your the picture and bring it into an app that you can draw on, create some lines on it, create a a, say a nine square grid and write a number in each of those, those squares. And so... What you then do, all right, so today I'm going to tackle square one and square two, and I'm not going to touch anything else. So you're just referencing that square, and it helps really break down the the size of the, of the task. And if all that visual clutter from everything else that's in, in squares three through nine, if you have an un, um, uh, unfitted bl- uh, sheet, cover the rest of it up until, you're, until you've cleared out squ- uh, squares one and two. <laughs> And uh, for the podcast listeners, uh, Brendan just pointed to the sheet that he has behind him that is covering up the mess that's probably behind him. Um, but yeah, that that works. So no, it's a it's a good question, and it's something that you know, good enough is a great goal when it comes to organization when you have ADHD. And ha- have a party. It's one of the best. We're having my son's birthday party at at uh, our our house this weekend. It's amazing all the projects and stuff that I'm cleaning up and finishing because people are coming over. It is one of the best reasons to have people over is to motivate yourself to clean up. Yep. All right. We're going to take a quick break. I think we'll have time for one or two questions more when we come back. So we will be right back. Mary R., Kate F., and Aggie, thank you for becoming patrons this week and for helping support ADHD Rewired. Your financial support helps keep these podcasts coming week after week. Your financial support can also support you when you give $25 a month or more because your Patreon perk is you get to join us every fourth Tuesday of the month at 3 p.m. Central for an hour of action coaching in a small group on Zoom. And this September's $25 patron perk is even perkier. I've invited a good friend of mine to help me out with some coaching. And while technically she's not a coach, she's a trained peer mentor and runs a little YouTube channel called how to ADHD. You can join me and Jessica McCabe for an hour of coaching on Tuesday, September 24th at 1 PM Pacific to mountain three central four Eastern. If you're outside of those time zones, check Google to Become a patron, go to com slash Patreon. Any pledge amount is appreciated. If you get value from this podcast, from the community, from our live Q&As, and you want to support an ADHD-owned small business, give an amount that makes sense to you, but please Don't give if you're not in a place to give. You can help in other ways by sharing the podcast or leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on any podcast platform that accepts reviews. But if you can, become a patron, get cool perks starting at the $5 a month level, and know that your support matters. The website, again, is ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. That's ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And thanks. All right, we are back. Um, there is a question here that thought was a really interesting question um, by I think it's pronounced Syrian. C-R-N. Si, 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 how would you say
0: it? I would say CRN.
1: CRN. I'm gonna go with that. And uh, the question is uh, how how have I changed since I started my podcast? And any advice for someone who, with really good intentions, to try and make one of their own? So this is somebody who wants to, listening, um, start a podcast. So, how have I changed since I've started my podcast? I think that I have really rumbled with and confronted a lot of my perfectionism since I started the podcast. Um, I have allowed myself to. Be very experimental um, and allow things to to sort of unfold as they will. Um, versus, I mean, because I used to spend a, a ungodly amount of time editing. Um, I no longer do that myself. I have a, a, a team of, of editors that that edit the podcast. Um,
0: You're more confident. Yeah. You. Yeah. You. Im- when you started the podcast, you were very like, it was amateurish, understandably, like it's yeah. supposed to. Be,
1: right? Yeah, that's that's how, that's how I know I started on time, because whenever I listen to an early episode, I'm like, oh, God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And since then, you've grown as a podcast host, as a podcast. err, like at sort of the whole shebang, like the marketing side of it, the getting guests and all that stuff in there, too. Um, you've. Grown a community. That is not purely you changing, but it's there, right? Like you've had to become a steward in some ways that you previously weren't. So that's in there too.
1: You know, it's really, it's a, it's a question of how have I changed and grown over the last five years, which is a really great question to, to ask. Um, You know, I think, and this is something I talk to my coaching groups about is that we have these areas that we need to, to, that we want to improve on, right? And we, we practice these areas when we get better at these areas and we may develop mastery around these areas, which then allows us to take on more stuff. And then we become into learner mode again. And we're like, oh my gosh, I'm out of my element. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And then you start learning strategies and skills and practicing around that. And then you develop mastery around that. And then you continue to be like, oh, what else can I do? And mm-hmm. so I think we're, where I'm at now is I'm really trying to to grow an organization, right? Versus just starting it as a a podcast that I really had no grandmaster plan for how what this is all going to be like, right? I didn't know when I started that like, oh, I'm going to close my clinical practice and focus completely on having online coaching groups, right? Like that but wasn't that only
0: happened because of the podcast. You weren't doing that before the podcast. Right. That's right.
1: That's right.
0: And the podcast is the only reason that you're able to have the coaching groups. It's the only reason I'm able to have the coaching groups is because the podcast reaches enough people to be able to collect enough people to have a group and more than one group and repeat.
1: Brandon, what about you? I want to throw that question to you.
0: And uh, This is like a preview of my 100th episode because Cameron Gott wants to interview me about this experience oh, nice. for my 100th episode, um, which is not, it's 15 episodes away. So I have to probably have to email him um, his idea too. Um, so a, a, a few different ways, right? One, I'm more connected to the ADHD community than I was previously, right? Before the podcast, I wouldn't say Cameron Gott wants to interview me for my podcast and da 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 da, right? Like, because I wouldn't have a relationship with him. Um, so it's helped me create and foster some relationships that I otherwise would not have created and fostered. Um, it has allowed me to launch the coaching groups. It's connected me to you in a way that I probably would not have otherwise been connected. I wouldn't have ADHD Essentials. Wouldn't be my only thing if I didn't have the podcast. Um, it's got me stretching and setting goals that I wouldn't. I don't know if I would have set them or not, I guess, like, or I wouldn't have had a reason to, I suppose. So things like getting Dave Pilkey on the podcast. Right. And Brian and a, f- a few other people I'm working. This is like early days. It's going to take a while before I get these other names that I'm about to drop, but other people I'm hoping to get on the podcast include, and are not limited to LeVar Burton. Um, I'd love to get him on. I'm, so I'm trying to Twitter relationship that mm-hmm. LeVar Burton, the reading rainbow guy.
1: I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah,
0: he's he'd hosted reading rainbow. Okay. And still does. Um, I'd love to get Howie Mandel on. So that, I can
1: that'd be to that'd that. cool to do that. Yeah.
0: Um, Diamond Dallas page who's a professional wrestler. I'd like to get him on if I can. Uh, and then some like parent people like Ross green. I'd love to bring Ross green on the show. There's a bunch of different people that sort of in that parenting mm-hmm. and kid stuff land. um, and getting like setting from the jump, being like, I'm going to get Dave Pilkey on the podcast before I launched, I had that goal. And then to pull that off lets me know I can figure that out. Right. And knowing I can figure that out, even if I don't always have the time to, which is part of what keeps me, I haven't done some of the stuff already um, is matters. Right. And it, it, it matters also for my kids because, and this is a story about today and the Dave Pilkey podcast Dave Pilkey had a character in his po- books that had a like a moth or no, uh, uh, a caterpillar, a robot caterpillar. And my kids, in talking to him, were like, You should have it be like a transformer, and the robot caterpillar turns into a robot butterfly. And he was like, Yeah, maybe. That book came out today, and there's a robot butterfly. So, really? Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> so, my kids are like, What? Like, they were out of their minds. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean that he didn't already have that idea, but still,
1: (laughs) Oh, it was totally your kid's idea. Come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. (laughs) Um, but so they were out of their mind today.
1: (laughs) That's Um, awesome.
0: And, uh, and that is a thing that would not have happened if I didn't have this podcast. Right. And who knows what that means for them in the long run, in terms of like, you can do that thing that seems completely unrealistic. Turns out it might be realistic. And, and that's one of the perspectives that the podcast has given me is like, not everybody's just a person. And if you ask them, you might get a response and you might get them on your show and that might become a relationship and those sorts of things. Um, so that that's an insight that's come from, from having the podcast and the way it's connected to me, connected me to people from my past. Like I had a, a, a woman on a little while ago that I met when I worked at a summer camp a while back. I've had friends from high school on the show um, cause their ADHD affects them and now they're reaching out to me and hmm. then I'm like, awesome. It's cool to be reconnected with you. Listen to the show. If you want to come on, let me know. You're more than welcome. All that kind of stuff. So, yeah.
1: I would also say just, uh, you seem to be doing quite well with, uh, or at least compared to how you were when you started, well, or like marketing, what's that, um, I got an email from you yesterday that had like some cool stuff in it. I'm impressed. I see you posting stuff on, on Facebook. I'm impressed. I'm trying. And, uh, I'm, I'm seeing in the, uh, <laughs> I'm, seeing, I'm seeing, in the chat that people are telling me that the time timer has now gone to zero. So I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I think that is our cue to, uh, cause thank you for, for the question. That was, a, that was a, um, thank you for indulging us in that question because that was a very uh, i've i you know i think more so lately i've been having that holy shit i've done 280 some episodes like two, we recently hit 2 million downloads i mean it's 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 gratifying it's humbling it's um it's exciting um and uh you know and I'm really looking forward to seeing what the next uh, 5 years of uh of this podcast and everything else that I'm doing is going to look like cuz it's I love it and I think uh I think part of this, the um of the question that was asked about wanting to to uh try and make one of their own you got to love the, the the format you got to love the uh what you're doing cuz it's a lot of work and uh you know you, I don't think it's possible to be as consistent um with something like this if you don't absolutely love it so, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. We do this uh, every second Tuesday of the month. So, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, and you're like, man, one of these days I should go and, and join one of those. You could do that right now by going to com slash events to sign up for our next one. And um, if you're here live and you loved being a part of this, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash adhd rewired that's all we got for today until next time brendan thank you as always thank
0: you and i need to get you back on the show before i hit 100 episodes
1: word let's make it happen cool all right thanks so much This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. You can apply to our free and secret Facebook community. You can learn more about ADHD Rewired's intensive online video-based coaching and accountability groups and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content you won't get anywhere else it's all at adhdrewired.com while you're there click the patreon button if you're a regular listener and you're still listening to my voice Consider making a monthly contribution by becoming a patron through our Patreon page. If you are able to financially support my work, it would mean a lot. This show is free to listeners, but it is not free to produce. And patrons get really cool perks. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. You can like our Facebook page at Facebook.com/slash ADHD Rewired. If you're a coach, therapist, or related professional, connect with me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn.com slash Eric Tivers. You can also subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube and you can subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube and see select interviews and some other videos I've posted. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends and your family and your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. And if you're a coach, therapist, doctor, or ADHD support group leader, and you would like a pack of podcast postcards to hand out, you can request those at my website, ADHDrewired.com. And if you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, please be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone. You know... You might be the person that turns somebody on to a podcast for the very first time. And if you really love this episode, please consider hitting share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things that you can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other podcast app that accepts ratings and reviews. And don't forget to hit subscribe on on this podcast on your podcast app, so new episodes are automatically pushed to your favorite podcast app. Looking for more ways to listen and learn, get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash ADHD rewired. Not sure where to start? In no particular order, check out Atomic Habits by James Clear. The Body Keeps Score by Bessel van der Koch. 10% Happier, and Meditation for fidgety Skeptics. These are both by Dan Harris. Change your questions and change your life by Marile G. Adams. The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden. The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. Do you have trouble asking for help? Listen to The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer. It's one of the best produced audiobooks I've ever heard. If you're looking for something a little bit more, say, magical, I unexpectedly fell in love with the Harry Potter series. And I don't usually listen to those kinds of books, and I loved it. And of course, if you haven't yet boarded the Brene Brown bus yet, check out Brene Brown's books, starting with The Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, The Power of Vulnerability. And if you're an entrepreneur or leader in any capacity, check out her 2018 book, Dare to Lead. And Brene still is my most wanted guest, so if you know Brene, he would be so kind to make that connection for me. I would be really, really grateful. You know who else I would like to have on the show? You. Click the podcast tab at ADHDrewired.com and then click the Be a Guest button at the top of that page and schedule a 15-minute pre-interview. This is Eric Tibbers reminding you to keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. Self-care is not selfish, and no matter what gets done or doesn't get done, at the end of the day, you are still enough. And no matter how hard it feels, we can do our things. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next week.